What's up, good people all across the world? This is the Dripping in Black podcast. I am your host, David V. Lewis. And per usual, we have another fantastic guest who represents Black excellence. His name is Rondre Brooks. Rondre, say hello to the world. Hey, what's going on, world? How y'all doing? It's Rondre. Um, I'm popularly known as Key, so everybody in the real estate industry calls me by my nickname. Nice okay. to see everybody out there. <laughs> All right. So, Rondre, I, uh, I met you a, a few times in the past. I'm a very good friend of your older sister, Renisha Brooks. What up, Money Brooks? What's up? <laughs> but, uh, of course, we got you on, so we want to learn a little bit about you. So let's begin okay. by talking about Rondre Brooks. Who is Rondre Key Brooks? Uh, man, I'm just a, I'm just a guy from the east side of the city, um, born and raised in Detroit. Um, I went to Osborne High School, and Woo. I wasn't necessarily a, you say, whoo, yeah, Osborne, but <laughs> I wasn't necessarily um, like a scholar student. Always knew I was smart, but when it came to just academics, I didn't apply myself. Um, but after high school, I thought I was going to get this job at the big three. That was all I wanted to do. Like, yo, I'm going to work at the big three. <laughs> And that's that. But then Y2K happened and me and my mom was ripping. I'm 18, 19, living in her house. I'm like, you know what? I got to go. So I ended up um, filling out some, I did my ACTs because I didn't do it in high school. So I did it after high school so mm. that I can apply for some colleges. So I ended up going to Ferris State just to get out of my mom's house and um, yeah. did a year there. Dropped out. I had dope boy ambitions. I kind of wanted to run the streets during that time. So yeah. I was running the streets and had a daughter at 25, realized that I can't run the streets forever and yeah. began to start gradually making changes. And ultimately it worked out for me and I became a successful real estate agent. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited about your story going out. Um, people hearing about your story. Um, it's, it's a story that uh, needs to be told. You know, as Eastsiders, we ain't supposed to make it. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, um, uh, I won't go into too much about me. Uh, it's not about me, but I definitely attended Osborne. I ended up graduating from Persian. I know that's going to hurt you, but there's a story behind it. Uh, maybe I'll give it a B-roll story of that that uh, that experience. But uh started off at, at Osborne High School and ended up at a couple of other schools before I graduated from Persian. But so you have you have a profession in which you do real estate, you're a realtor, yep. but you weren't always a realtor, right? You, nah, some everything. Some other things. So tell the world a yeah. little bit about that experience. Um yeah, before I became a realtor, it was a lot of experiences and jobs and non-jobs that helped mold me into the person that I am today, um, I, I used to be a rapper. So mm -hmm. I rapped um, and I thought I was going to be like this superstar rapper. And at the time, I felt like I was there. I was being invited to New York. I was talking to all types of A&Rs. But at the time, and this is like early, mid 2000s, Detroit didn't have a market for yeah. um, like hip hop. It was like Eminem and then we had Royce. So it was hard to get signed. And um like I said earlier, I ended up having a daughter at 25 and I'm like, you know what? This rapping thing might not work. <laughs> so 
I like to act. I like the arts. I was like, well, you know what? It, it, there's not an age limit on acting. I'll be an actor. Um, did a couple stage plays, had some little spots in commercials and um, a reality show. And the money wasn't coming consistently enough when you're, when you're doing that. It's like if you're acting, you need to go as hard as you can or don't do yeah. it at all. And then I had a standstill. I, and I ended up going to Specs Howard. And that's how, how I kind of learned about radio, television, and film. But the thing with Specs Howard is after I graduated, I would have had to be a, like an intern. And being a grown man with a child, I'm like, I can't be an intern. <laughs> and then I went through depression, man. Um, mm. You go through some things and I'm like, yo, life hit and I'm a full grown man and I'm working these dead end jobs. And honestly, man, it was one of those things where I got into an auto accident in like 2011 mm. by... 2013, I believe, I got a settlement check for like 12 grand. And I was okay. like, you know what? I can pay off debts or I can invest in real estate. And I said, I'm not going to pay any debts because <laughs> y'all, I owe them anyway. I've been on them, you know? So I was like, I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to buy a house. And I didn't know anything about the real estate market. So I hired a realtor. It took me about a year to find a perfect house. And when I, um, when I found that house, I put my money into it. Got got the house, and then I ran out of money. I blew all my capital on the house. It was like yeah. eleven thousand, and I went to my sister, Bernicia, um, and I was like, "Yo, can I borrow some money so that I can fix this house up?" Mm. And she loaned me the money. I fixed it up, put some tenants in there. And I was like, "Damn, I did it!" You know, like mm. I had to own a house, but I was still broke, and I was still working a dead end job. So I'm like, yeah. "Well, how do I get out of this rat race?" Because yeah, I'm getting some residual income, but that's not enough to get me up out of my position. And um, ultimately I was like, I'm gonna go to real estate school. And mm -hmm. I dedicated myself, buckled down, took the class, passed the state exam, got my license. And it's funny because after I passed the state exam, I didn't think I passed, even though the screen said passed. <laughs> I went out there and I was like, hey, does this say pass for everybody? And they was like, Mr. Brooks, you're not on pump. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, damn, I passed. And that was like one of the happiest moments in my life. I felt like I just got that doctorate degree. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I hit the ground running, man. Right right after I got my, my, my license, I hit the ground running. Okay. Yeah, so a lot of good stuff there. Uh, first question that pops in my mind is, all right, so you get this settlement, right? You purchase a home. To me, purchase, purchasing a home doesn't automatically mean I'm going to jump into real estate. So right. what made you what made you go off into real estate? You know, so you decided to go to school. What made you do that? I was broke. And it was one of those things where I'm working. I'm working for corporate and I'm in my early mid 30s. I'm 39 now. And I so I've been doing it six years and I'm just like. I'm, I'm tired of asking if I could go to the bathroom. I'm tired of asking, yeah. can I go on vacation? I'm tired of being told what to do and working somewhere where they're going to pay me what they feel I'm worth, even though I know that I'm better. So mm. it was just one of those things. And it was like, hey, I believe I could. I sold CDs when I was rapping. I, I sold YouTube videos or whatever it is that I was into. So I'm like, I know I could sell houses. Like, I feel like I got the gift of gab. I feel like I got a good personality. And I was like, yo, this is something that, I'm interested in and I can do it. Okay. Yep. Excellent, man. So so that gives us a, a little synopsis on how you got into the game. 
So we know the real estate game is is highly competitive, right? Yep. Yeah. And 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 you've had a lot of success in this competitive world, right? Yep. Let's talk about let's talk about first some of the challenges that you face uh, in the real estate game that people that are not in it may not be aware of. Let's kind of get into that a little bit. I think um I think people aren't aware of the the work. I think a lot of people equate hard work to physical labor. And I'm like, oh, you know how tired my brain is at the end of the day? And <laughs> I'm, I'm just exhausted from talking to people and, and managing expectations and, and mm-hmm. sending emails and meeting deadlines and proofreading contracts and all of that is the work. And I think mm-hmm. the misconception is uh, you, you're not really working. You're so good at selling houses, but I'm like, y'all never see when a deal falls through or we're at the closing table and the buyer doesn't have enough cash to close the deal. That's the part that stress you out because I work on commission. So when you're working on commission, it's like, yo, if this deal don't close, I don't eat. And, and that's this right. always been my mentality. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what are some things, since you're experienced in this game, what are some things that you do in terms of safeguards? Um, because, you know, you're, 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 you're working on commission, you know, uh, do you have multiple things going on at the same time to ensure that if one thing falls through, you got another thing that you, you can rely on? What are some of the things that you do as an experienced realtor to help with your success? Yeah, so I, I've been blessed. Um, not only am I doing retail real estate, I took my money, saved up, and I started investing. So I, I put money into the, the stock market. I put okay. my money into um, REITs, real estate, ex- real real estate exchange traded funds. I put my money into those. And also I I started other businesses within real estate. I have a a wholesaling company called Property Rush. That's me and a partner of mine. And then I have a real estate development company with uh, three other partners and that's called Michigan Premier Property Holdings. And I made partnerships with a couple other investors with uh, Coastal Line Homes. So those things brought me in residual income or gave me income in lump sums. And, you know, you just have to manage your money well. Yeah. Yep. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So you you start off uh, jumping into the real estate game, kind of struggling uh, to get some income. Real estate seems like the avenue. It gives you an opportunity to get paid the way what you're worth. Um, and then you learn the tricks of the game. And so you start creating these other residual incomes to uh, yep. help you deal with the, the complications of the game. Let's talk about some of your successes. Um, you know what? I think the, the first time well, when I really said, hey, man, I, I made it a little bit out here. It was uh, <laughs> I got invited to the police ball. So when the, when the police, the chief, uh, the police chief called and he invited me to the ball and it was like this nice banquet and, and things like that. That was the first time where I actually felt like Man, I used to run from the cops, and now y'all invite me to come hang out at y'all basically. So those, that was like the moment where I was like, "Hey, I, I'm doing pretty nah, well." As a as a fellow East Sider, did you ever feel comfortable in the ball? I mean, were you were you always kind of at, at this at this age? You know, I was like, "Yeah, you know what? This is cool, man." You know, I was shaking hands, and it wasn't any problem, so I, I was comfortable. Um, okay, that was the first time. But prior to that, it was a couple of like. When I got into real estate, things happened relatively quick for me because I was hustling and mm. I had a goal. And I was like, you know what? 
within six months, I wanted to sell a half a million dollars worth of real estate. And I did that. And once I did that, it's like the industry started, started to pay attention to like, yo, who is this kid selling all of these houses in Detroit? And I got a couple radio interviews and a couple magazine um, covers that a couple magazine companies that hit me up and put me on the cover of their magazine with interviews and things like that. So that helped uh, propel my career even higher. So the success had came quickly. But one of the things with success is if you never really experienced it and I you know, didn't really understand money, I was, I was acting like somebody that never had ish. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, yo, I'm gonna buy this, I'm gonna buy that and I'm gonna do this. And that wasn't working for me. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm making the money, but I'm spending it just as quickly trying yeah. to show people that don't matter that I got some money now. Yeah. And I, I stopped doing that and really understood money because I, I looked at money as a tool now. My money is yeah. a tool to make more money. Wow. <laughs> I love it. So, so my question now is, you know, you get into the game and then you think you're good at it. Right. Right. When do you get to, is there a point where you say, I know I'm good at this, you know, so you, you, I think I'm good at it. And then mm-hmm. I know I'm good. You know what I, I with all the success, I still teeter totter with that because I think it keeps mm-hmm. me on my toes and it's like, okay. yeah, I think I'm good, but you're only as good as your last sale. So I'm like, Hey, I got to keep this level of, I got, I got to stay on this incline because if not, then yo, am I really as good as I think I am on occasions? Mm-hmm. And, and that's how I stay motivated because you, you got to be self-motivated in this game. And that's how I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm curious, um, do you have like like certain things that you you count on, like keys of success that you you follow? Is there something that you can outline or or anything of that nature? Yeah, I always uh, I focused on my brand. I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, if I build my brand and enough people know who I am, then the money's gonna follow. And okay. I just stay putting myself out there, stay advertising, stay doing great podcasts like the one I'm on now, <laughs> and those things will keep my name out there, keep my face out there. And I ultimately wanted people to see that I'm more than just the average real estate agent. I'm not the suit and tie every day. Hey, I'm going to sell you this house. I'm going to kick it with you. And I'm going to talk to you on a level that you understand while also implementing enough knowledge throughout the entire process whenever somebody's selling or buying a home. Yeah. So I'm going to give you an opportunity here. We have a platform here that goes out to the world. If we're 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 hitting up Key Brooks for some real estate, what's the advantage I'm getting by 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 hooking up with you? The advantage of hooking up with me is somebody that knows knows the industry inside and out. I've worked in various markets throughout the Tri County area, and then not not to sound like I'm bragging, but once I started dominating those areas, I took my talents out to Jackson. So I'm <laughs> someone that knows the market. Um, I'm really down to earth. I'm not someone that's gonna sugarcoat you, sugarcoat the process. Um, and I understand I understand real estate from every aspect, from being uh, a buyer, from being an investor as well. And then I understand sales. So I think you're getting all of those things, plus good conversation and a good time. Like I'm the agent that's going to take my clients out for something to eat. I'm going to show up at the housewarming, you know, the bridal shower, the the Christmas, anything. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there. Like I build good relationships with my clients. Excellent, man. That's 
relationships is everything, ain't it? It's a relationship business. Re- yeah. You know, we we live we live for the referrals. Yeah. And that's that's how yeah. you make your money. So there's three things uh, you know, when I was reading about your story that mm-hmm. popped out at me. Uh, one thing was property specific marketing plan. Yeah. Uh, so talk to me as a layman. What what does that mean? So when I'm talking about a, a property specific marketing plan, I'm gonna look at your property and assess it and I'm gonna put together something unique only for your property. So if it's a property for $20,000, well, we know that property is gonna need some work. So I have to market that to a network of investors that's interested in those type of properties. I'm gonna blast it on not only Zillow, realtorhomes.com, I'm gonna put it on my social media platform. It's gonna be on my website and my personal relationships um, of inventory of buyers, sellers, investors, I'm gonna shoot it to them as well, just to give your, you know, your property the extra push that it needs to get sold. And if it's a property, we'll say two hundred thousand. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do do a little more. I'm gonna fly the drone around the house to <laughs> get the good shots. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do an open house with the the cookies and juice. I'm gonna do all of those things in order to get the home sold. So okay. that's what I mean. I'm gonna run some comps, make sure you that you're getting the the best price for your property. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. And so now you've you've tasted success. The first part of success was kind of like, okay, I got success, what I'm doing with all this money. Now you're kind of slowing down and figuring out the game, right? And then you started talking about legacy, right? Yeah. What, what does legacy mean? Legacy is is everything, especially for black people. I feel like we don't we don't have anything to leave behind. I think we're so we're so consumed with being consumers that when it comes to after you're out of here, what do, what do we usually have for for our offspring? You know, mm. uh, some clothes, um, a couple cars, mm. things that's just not worth value. Something I feel like when when you're talking about legacy, you need to be making the next generation's life easier. You know what I mean? It's like you don't got to spoon feed them, but they should be able to progress a lot easily and a lot further than, than I did. So when I think of a legacy for myself, I got a daughter and I'm like, yo, I want my daughter to be able to come to me after she graduates high school and college and say, you know what? I don't want to, I want to work with you. I want to work under your company, dad. I don't want to go work for someone else. And I think those are the things that's important. Even when it comes to like home ownership, it's, it's, it's just important to have something to pass down, something of value to pass mm. down yeah 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 so i thought those three things were uh were something that the world needs to hear about so legacy in terms of what you're leaving behind something of value and then you talked a little bit about home ownership um but ownership is separate from legacy right yeah so kind of getting to the nuance of, of, the, of the differences well ownership it, it, it's hand in hand with legacy but Ownership doesn't necessarily mean you have to be an entrepreneur. Ownership just means, hey, you got control over this sector of your life. Nobody can take this from you. When you own your degree, that's something that you got forever. When you own your home, you can do what you want with it. Paint the walls, break the walls down, build it up, tear it down again. It's yours. Ownership is is just something that we need to to have more more of. We need to have more stuff like... um, when you, when you invest in stocks, that's ownership into a company. It may be a very yeah. small piece, depending on 
how small the loan your money is, but you own a piece of a company of a, it could be Apple, Amazon, Google. These are major companies and you could actually make money with these companies and, and, and yo, you're a part owner. You know what I mean? That's, that's huge. And I feel like black people need to take heed to that. It's like, yo, when you own something, it can't be taken from you. And I feel like ownership is power. Yeah, man. Uh, so man, so much, so much great stuff you're saying. And um, I'm just excited for when this goes out and people get to hear it, uh, specifically for young folks, um, the, the, the jewels that you're dropping right now. Um, I just hope that people latch on and, and, and pick up on some of that. I really feel like I'm sitting here thinking, man, I don't know if you do this already, but, you know, uh, having like people come in and hear you speak. And, and teach them about some of these things, man. I see that as being uh, something of value um, that you can offer as well. Do you do those type of things? Yeah, yep. Um, that that was another component where I felt like success in here because people actually cared about what I had to say, and I yeah. started getting invited to um, different schools throughout the city. And um, before COVID hit earlier this year, I actually spoke to like TD TD Bank. And it was like the CEO from TD Bank and like the mm -hmm. whole, their whole network of people. And I was a part of a panel of like four people and I got to speak mm -hmm. and they, they received it really well. So that's definitely something that I enjoy because I don't like the sugarcoat. I like to just be my authentic self, talk about what I feel is, is real and what makes sense. And I, I feel like there's only a few ways to really get out of this rat race. So I'm always open to doing some public speaking. Yeah, I, I, what I see is you deciding I'm going to speak. I'm going to yeah. promote myself. I'm coming here to speak about these things, and I see uh, I see an audience for that, man. So you know, maybe I'm prophes prophesying, and I'm not somebody that prophesies. I've been so thinking. Maybe, it. maybe I've been I better stop. It. No, I, pre I appreciate that. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. So, if you had one wish, you got your real estate going. Um, you have one wish that could take it to that next level. Uh, what would be that wish? One wish to take it to the next. You know what? It's, it's simple. I, um, in January, I take my my broker's uh, exam to become a broker. So my one wish is to make that as easy as possible so that I can pass and get myself to the next level. So that's what I okay. want. That's my wish. Yep. All right. Yeah. Excellent, man. Um, uh, such a rich conversation. We'll have to kind of uh, wind down a little bit here. Uh, hopefully we can get you back on. It's just so much stuff in the conversation that I said, man, I like to talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, I'm from the East side as well. I, I used to dibble and dabble and rap a little bit as well. So right. I see some commonalities there. So, you know, just a whole lot left to talk about, but we need to wind down the episode. And so towards the end, we always ask a question to our guests. You already answered this one, so I'm ask it differently. Uh, how many, how many uh, magazine covers have you been on? Uh, let me see, the Realtors Detroit. Maybe about four. About four. Mm -hmm. I got four covers. Yeah. Do you remember them by name? Um, it was Realtors Detroit, American Lifestyle, um, Top Agent Magazine. I can't think of the other one, but I know those are three for sure, right offhand. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, now you're on the cover of the Dripping in Black magazine. And Sean's Straight up. up. <laughs> okay. Hey, 
Hey, that's a great way. Another <laughs> magazine cover. I'll, and that looked good. That's a great picture. I'm happy y'all used that one. <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> yep. Yep. So that's uh, our Dripping in Black cover. Um, that is also a parting gift that we always give out to our guests. Um, so you will you will get that uh, at some point in the mail. I'm going to get it blown for, up, man, and put it in my office. Well, appreciate yeah. that, man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So again, we uh, look forward to great things. We look forward to that broker test going well and uh, you taking it to that next level and having you back on and having some more discussion, man. But we want to thank you for coming out. Oh, I forgot. Yep. Drop your uh, social media stuff. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Facebook at Key Diego or Brooks Realty and Investments. Instagram and Twitter is at Brooks Realty 365. Mm-hmm. Do the first one again for me. Uh, Facebook is uh, Brooks Realty and Investments. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram and Twitter at Brooks Realty 365. Or you can go to my personal website at keybrooks.com and you can get all of the good stuff. Okay. All right. Excellent. Again, thank you for coming out. And we look forward to seeing what's, what's happening with you in the future. I appreciate it, man. Good times. Thanks. Up next, the last drip. But first, a message from Anchor. Our thanks again to Ron Dre Key Brooks for his inspiring story of personal and professional growth. However, we have reached the final segment in our podcast called The Last Drip. The Last Drip, as you know, is the last opportunity to squeeze in a drip more of Black excellence before we leave you. We tie it in with our vast and rich African-American history and how it relates to our guests and their story. For this episode, we learn about Philip A. Payton, born in Westfield, Massachusetts in 1876. By the 1890s, Peyton, like our guest Key Brooks, was a young college dropout trying to find his way in the world. In 1899, Peyton moved to New York City at the age of 23. He worked briefly as a handyman, a barber, before landing a job as a porter at a real estate company. Uh, He worked there for a couple of years and then he would take a course in 1902 and pass that course. And after passing that course, he would quit his job at the real estate company to become a realtor himself. In 1903, he formed the Afro-American Realty Company. Under Peyton's guidance, this company acquired leases on Harlem properties owned by whites and rented them out to African-Americans, granting African-Americans opportunities to live in spaces where they normally would not have that opportunity. A 1906 lawsuit ultimately would lead to the demise of the Afro-American Realty Company, and by 1908, his business operations had ceased. However, Peyton would continue his work as a realtor, owning and managing buildings in Harlem under the Philip A. Peyton Jr. Company, whose logo, PAP, P-A-P, would become a recognized trademark for Peyton. Peyton was committed to combating racist attempts to deny Blacks from living in the burgeoning Harlem community. By the time of Peyton's death, a substantial area of Harlem was occupied by African-American residents 
and businesses, setting stage for the Harlem Renaissance of 1920s when the community became known as the Negro capital of the world. For his efforts, Philip A. Payton is remembered today as the father of Harlem. He is also this episode's last trip. My thanks to encyclopedia.com, newyorkalmanac.com, that's A-L-M-A-N-A-C-K.com, and blackeconomics.co.uk for the knowledge. (laughs) And as always, get up on your black history. It is vast. It is rich. It is there for you to learn despite being denied it in many of our school systems. And as always, be good, be good, be good. It is a choice. You have just experienced a Tripping in Black production.